Hello. Hello, hello. We back. We back again. This of is course, week. When are we not back? Nine. Is it of of us? Of us. This podcast. No, this is week eight. Hmm. Oh, okay. Week eight, episode eight, week Crazy. seven of the NBA. Yes, super exciting. Um, we're kind of seeing some trends now. Uh, re- clarify that a little bit. Well, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a little bit more into certain teams and what's what going teams on are and... actually going to be leading down the stretch. I mean, again, it's still early. Yeah, I'm speaking um, for my Celtics here when I say it's still early. Yeah, um, so we I think it's fair to say that the Celtics are are washed. It's time to blow it up. Danny Ainge is yeah. is, uh, is done. Um, yeah, they should just bring back like Rondo. I think Rondo would we be. We should good fit. just we should trade all five starters for Rondo. Rondo, and then bring back Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and and Ray Allen for that. I don't think that would be good, but. And, What's Ray and, Allen up to these days? Is Rajon Rondo the only current player from that team still playing? Who? Rajon Rondo. Um, no way. Well, like, what year well, are you talking? 20, 2008. 2008 or twenty ten? Well, even, even like, well, ma- mainly 2008. I mean, I'm looking at the... Oh, Tony Allen. Yeah. Um, There's definitely some role players. No, but like Sam Cassell, Glenn Davis, Eddie Hauser, they're all gone. Scott Pollard, James Posey. That's fucking Posey. nuts, man. That right? Like, Rondo's... Oh, he was... We're old. We're old as shit. Yeah. Those were the good old days. He was He was in his first back year back the then. good so. old days. Um, anyway, let's talk about not the past Celtics, but rather the current Celtics. Let's talk Celtics. about the problematic fuck-ups Terrible that we Celtics. But, okay, here's the thing. Like, they're not terrible. People are like, these Celtics are horrible. It's like, yeah, they're 10 and 10. Not a good record. Six in the Eastern Conference. Last game they lost at Dallas. Which which I I know you wanted to make a comment on. No, I just, um, I mean, I watched the game. So I watched the past two games. Um, Yeah. I watched um, Celtics Atlanta and... First quarter, it was like you could see what they're capable of, and it was scary. Um, like having five dudes who can all create just shots for themselves. Um, yeah. And just athletes like, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I th- yeah, I don't think crazy it's... Crazy athleticism. We all know, you know, what they, and can, then you, they should be. Yeah, what they can so, be. We that's been harped on enough. But I really think the problem is so watching that game, right? They win by a sizable amount, twenty points. Um, also, I watched. Side note: I watched Uncle Drew today. The uh, old, like the old, like the YouTube videos. No, the or the, the, movie. Oh, the movie. I yeah. can't believe he made a movie out of that. I I liked it. I thought it was funny. That's fair. Um, it's just I feel like it's like four years too late. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to the point. Uh, it really just was an effort thing. And it's it sucks to see, but it's like, I don't know why these dudes don't give effort. But when you watch the first quarter, they're all playing incredibly hard. And then once they get up by 20 points, the, the starters come back in. Much. The starters mm-hmm. come back in, and it's like the effort is gone. It's like they jog around screens. You know, well, I think like I don't know. Usually, this happens. I don't know. I've, I feel like we've both kind of been in this situation before, where you, whether it's pickup game or you're playing, you know, in high school or whatever it is. Um, even though we both didn't really play play much in high school, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, you kind of you try. You want to come in. You start the game, and you want to come in with a lot of energy. You know, everyone's like, "Yeah, we're starting this new game. It's all going to be good." And then you take a break and you know you sit down for a while and you think about every other thing in the world. You come back in and it's kind of more of like, "Okay, well, now it's my time to do things for me." I had the moment of um team-oriented basketball, but now I just kind of need to get my my scoring. And I feel like there's kind of a lot of them who are kind of doing that right now. I don't think it's like them trying to get their own buckets. I think it's almost the opposite of like, 
with five guys who can get their own buckets, none of them feel like they need to. They're like, oh, I'm not really the focal point. Like, I can, you know, hide out in the corner for a couple possessions, um, let Kyrie take over, let Jason Tatum take over, um, Hayward when he's back. So, um, can can we... I've been trying to figure this out, because I've been doing a little bit of, like, digging. Um, so... Kyrie's averaging 17 field goals, Jason's averaging 13, Al's averaging 10, Jalen's averaging 10, and Gordon Hayward's averaging 9. Now, as much as he's been kind of rough this first year back from the injury, I would argue that Gordon Hayward is a better player than Jalen Brown. And he, obviously, we've seen a couple of times, he's been the one, he's obviously injured right now day to day, but... Um, who's been kind of getting the short end of the stick. And yeah, I mean, people want to put the blame on people. Him. Well, they're putting Aaron Baines in, 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 you know, in lieu of Gordon Hayward. But my question is, you look at these per-game stats, right? And you can look over on the left. I'm on Bleach, or not Bleach, or Basketball Reference. Yeah. Um, you look at the game started, and it's... 19 out of 19 games, Kyrie Irving. 20 out of 20, Jason Tatum. 19 out of 19, Al Horford. Oh, they have the same five guys, or four guys, who have started every single game. And then there's just Gordon Hayward, who's who's 15 out of 18, which is practically the same thing. But then you have Marcus Morris, who's averaging more points per game than both Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford, who is currently started two games. Who? Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. Yeah, yeah my question but those is are the why? past two games. But my question is why? Why, why is not he ex- starting or why is he not starting? Why is he not? Why? My question to Brad Stevens is why not just try it out? That's like... But, that's, well, that's, like you're, you're speaking almost in the past because that's what they've been doing the past two games. No, I know. But I'm saying why didn't they do that earlier? That That's part of... Yes, I am speaking in the past, but it's more of like a... I don't know. That's what I was saying. I do agree of... that, like, I do agree that it's almost the problem. But it's weird, though, because the problem is almost there are too many people who want to score on the... If I was, like, you know, Brad Stevens, I feel like I would put two of those starters on the bench. And I would put Baines in the lineup, and I would put... Almost like a like a semi olage, um, and it may sound stupid, but it's like I honestly feel like you need to have with that team. You need to have two rotations with two guys in each rotation that know that just, they're the main yeah, scoring who, focal point, and two guy or two to three guys who just know that they're not <laughs> who are three and D guys. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I think if you put Jalen and you put Gordon Hayward in the second unit. And you put Aaron Baines in to start just purely for defense because he's a brick wall. Um, and maybe Marcus Morris in the starting lineup, but or Marcus Smart. I don't know. Um, well, per thirty six minutes, which I know is kind of a a, a shaky stat, but um, Marcus Morris averages around nineteen points a game, and Semi Ojale is averaging eight. And that's per- but I'm not even saying- talking points per game. I'm just talking. I know, about- I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, in terms of you know creating production for other people, you know, if you're running the idea that you should put more guys in the starting lineup who don't want to shoot the ball, then maybe you go with a guy like, um, like Samuel Ojale, who per 36 minutes would only get eight points a game. So a guy who clearly does not really focus on shooting the ball as much. Yeah, and like it's not so much that they don't want to shoot the ball, it's just they're not looking, they're not going to be mad if they don't get a certain amount of touches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they can be counted on to to hit shots when they need to hit shots, but they're they know that they'll know that Kyrie and Jason Tatum are the focal points of the offense. Yeah. Well, let me so let me run just this is just so interesting to me. So yeah. they're currently 27th out of 30, the third worst team in offensive rating and the second best in defensive rating. How do you have such a polar opposite, you know, uh, 
Especially when you came into the season thinking that this is this like is going to be an offensive offense juggernaut. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know how. I mean, uh, like, regardless, I think if you're struggling, I would rather have a good defense, knowing the capability of your offense. That's the one thing I can say. Um, yeah, it'd be one thing if they weren't. You know they were struggling on offense and they weren't playing defense, but at least they, you know, can count yeah. on that. And the offense hopefully will get figured out. But um, another stat which I, I brought up to you the other day, which is um, just the the sheer amount of three pointers that there are. Yeah, both it's making absurd. And if taking, you watch those games, it's absurd. They're they're averaging. They're I mean they're the third best team or not best because it's not a best or worst thing the third most three-pointers made and attempted however they are 20th in three-point percentage at 34 percent as a team um i'm just straight reading this off the website so don't i don't want people to think that i like know this um wow you're freaking genius man yeah (laughs) uh 21st in two-pointers made 19th which is kind of middle of the pack in attempted however they're 25th in free throws at 15 a game 26th in free throws attempted which is just mm. yeah no i mean they don't you've got it's it's fucked because you got at least three guys on the court at all times who can get to the rim at will Jalen Brown I don't want him to turn into a Jeff Green type story um and Ugh, I've talked about this before be but it's it's the fact that you've got this dude with just the most insane athleticism and can get to the rim at will and almost chooses not to um I don't think Jalen Brown is a Jeff Green story I think he just doesn't know when to, you know, pick his spots. Mm-hmm. Um, he almost feel I, I'm like, I'm not fucking reading his mind, but it seems like he feels like the odd man out, and he should be taking less shot attempts. Um, but again, I mean, you got Kyrie can get to the rim anytime he wants. Um, Jason Tatum, same athleticism as Jalen Brown. It's like. You know, and yet they, what was the stat for free throws attempted? Uh, Free throws attempted are 26th in the league. Um, They're shooting pretty well, but uh, their number of free throw attempts per field goal attempt, uh, per field goal attempt, which is the free throw attempt rate, they're 29th in the league. Yeah. Um, And you notice it when you watch. You're like, why is nobody going to the rim? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of pass around the perimeter until you get an open three. Yeah, it, they're... And you can't live or... The only team that can live or die by the three is the Golden State Warriors. And that's the thing, though. I was thinking right before you said that was, well, you have a team like last year's Rockets that, yeah, they can live and die by the three-pointer, but they also were one of the highest free-throw teams in the league because that was the two things they did was get to the basket, get to the line, and shoot threes. But this team, it's like... All three of those sound like the winning recipe. Yeah, but this team is just like, shoot threes, shoot threes. And and, at some point, until you start to figure that out, other teams are going to figure that out before you and be like, they're not going to the rim. Um, If we can play pretty solid on the perimeter... We don't really have a problem with them. Yeah, and they're they're shooting seventeen percent more than last year, which I don't really know why that is, but um, because it's almost like it, the easiest shot to get in the game. An open three is like the easiest one to get. I I mean I wouldn't say really to necessarily to get, but rather to settle for. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the easiest one. That's like I could make this. It's a cop out. Um, like, you know, I'm able to make this shot, but it's not a good shot. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, everything else is you know on par to be a top tier team. They're sixth in defensive rebounds, eighth in total rebounds, eighth in assists, eighth in steals, eleventh in blocks. Um, they're, they're third worst in getting blocked against, which 
I don't know what that stat says. I don't really know how you can control that. (laughs) No, I know, but I mean, like, maybe they're just, maybe they're not taking it to the rim aggressive enough. I don't know. You can make any type of um, reading Um, off of that you want. I think it really comes down to, like, they just need to figure out some sort of offensive chemistry. Mm -hmm. But they're 20th in attendance. What's going on, Ben? Why are you not at the games, bro? I saw that. um, And I was looking at an Instagram post. I saw. I thought like the Boston top was five just like, teams. Yeah, I th- well, what, you know what, the rhetoric that's going around about the Celtics. People, people are buying into it. People are saying, people are "Fuck pissy. the Celtics." Okay, so let's I, move again, on because we've been wait, talking. One last thing. I just like, right. we don't have to talk about it. I just want to point it out. Yeah. Um, offensive rating of Jason Tatum is 108. Irving 113. Al Horford 110. Marcus Morris 108. Gordon Hayward, 105. Jalen Brown, 93. I don't know what those numbers mean, to be honest. It's just like your estimate of points produced or scored per 100 possessions. So if you're under 100, if you're at 100, you've broken even. If you're under 100, if you're over, you're saying that you're, it's like Kyrie is at 113. That means he's an above average um, offensive player. But Jalen Brown's at 93, which is never a good thing. Well, okay. I mean, like, if I were to think about it from watching these games, he doesn't shoot the three as well as he did last year. He shot incredibly well last year. Um, Not at all this year. And he doesn't go to the rim. Um, That's the one thing that his game is based around, is going to the rim, drawing fouls, and, you know, playing in the paint. And he he just hasn't really done that yet. That's, yeah. It, it's sad to see. You know who... It's sad to see the potential of something that could be amazing. And like I was saying, against Atlanta, 45 points in the first quarter. It's yeah. absurd. And then, like, you know, knowing that that's capable, that that could be done every quarter of every game, but they just haven't figured out how to maintain that type of play. You know who's a ha- who averages... An offensive rating of 104. <laughs> uh, Ron Baker. <laughs> Ron Baker. Ron fucking so what? Baker. What, did you get off the bench for the first time, Ron Baker, with your bitch like, face and your bitch fucking... I very fucking... quickly Google that up, <laughs> just so I could prove that Ron Baker is a better offensive player than Jalen Brown. Well, Let's there it on. is, folks. Let's Ron Baker, on. better than Jalen Brown. Let's move on. Um, um, what do you want to get to now? I wanted to talk about Markel Fultz because I find that really interesting. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for for Markel and for Washington fans and for Washington fans. He's from Washington, or he went to college at Washington. Oh, I mean, should be a sad day for Philly fans too. But well, no, um, I think but he honestly, was never really think, factored in. Um, I think Philly is probably relieved. To, <laughs> if I'm a Philly fan, I'm honestly relieved to get this over with. Just ship him for. A couple, maybe yeah. If you can get one thing out of it, um, one thing. Because the cool thing is that they've proven that they can play with the best of them without him. And he was projected to be. I mean, he was the first pick in the draft. He was projected to be a large part of their future. I mean, Um, I never really liked the pick in the first place because they. You were so high on Fultz. When I remember that, like going into the draft, you were like, "Markel Fultz is the one." I don't. If you could provide me any evidence, I can't of provide this, you evidence, but I do remember I don't you being remember very this high ever. on Markel Fultz. I mean, my my, I was high on him as a player because he seemed intriguing. You know, a six one combo guard with blazing athleticism and can shoot the three ball. But once he got picked by, once Philly made the deal with Boston, I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you? If you're Philadelphia, you already have Ben Simmons, who runs the majority of your point. Why, they probably why, didn't want him in that position, if I had to guess. You probably then, want a true point guard. You want Ben Simmons to... With position as basketball, I don't know why you'd necessarily want a true point guard. The whole point of the Philadelphia 76ers scheme was to build around this six foot eleven demigod of a... I thought that was the whole point. So it was like, okay, yeah, you can slot him in at the two, but he... What the... That doesn't really... I just... That just didn't really make sense to me. I would have said, if I was Philadelphia, like... Go for more wings. Go get Jason Tatum instead with the first pick. But then you got finessed out of that and a first-round pick this year, which just blows me away. 
You'd think that the process is done, but it's. But what I want to know more is where does Mark Helfoltz go from here? Phoenix, please. No, I mean like. You think are you asking if he's like done? Yeah, I mean. I don't think not he's done, done, but like, does his opportunity to be like a phenom kind of end? No, I mean we've seen guys like Victor Oladipo who busted out and then came back. I don't think it's nearly like done. He just has to figure. I don't but see. I was here's a the big, like. Go ahead. The, okay, no, no, no. You finish your thought. I was a big conspiracy theorist that the whole thing about the shoulder injury was fake so that they could give him like a like a year off. Okay, like that's what I was ben gonna Simmons. say. But the, what I'm trying to like say is. He's lied about the entire thing this entire What well, did he over lie two or years. is it misrepresented? No, he talks to media and he says, "Oh, there's nothing wrong. Like, I don't know what you're talking about." Uh, I mean, and then I, you I, see I, him in practice and he like he can't even use the thing. Yeah. And I then mean, there's something know. else about he had like a different injury or something. I um, like It's just like you... if you're I don't understand why it doesn't come off as a better narrative to lie to the media and try to cover up an injury instead of just saying, look, I'm hurt. I'm working my way back, you know. But, I mean, they just had so high of expectations for him that, like, I don't know. I so the like expectations I would be much lower. I think the expectations wouldn't be as lofty if you were like, oh, I got injured. I'm going to rehab instead of being like, I'm not hurt. Yeah, I don't. I just I suck. Agree. I agree that he didn't handle it very well. I just, I don't know. I feel like, um, as I was, when I saw the report that, you know, they were done, that they're, you know, now done with him, right? He's no longer part of their future plans. Can you imagine, like, just being at home, being Markel Fultz, and, like, I'm assuming he still cares about basketball. Like, he's not necessarily just like giving up but well, yeah. you just sit you're just sitting on your couch scrolling through Facebook and you just see like 76ers no longer fucking want you like no that's that would just definitely hurt my... not how it went down he I know was that definitely he probably got, told that I know I understand that he got the he he was told first but still imagine just like for the rest you just after that you know you're still trying to figure out how to play but there's just all these people talking about how, like, what does Markel do now? Is he a bust? And you just have to deal with that. I would just be so annoyed by that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it's, it goes both ways because he didn't handle it very well himself. Um, so, I don't know. I don't really sympathize with him, but... Should have taken Lonzo. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> I'm a big Lonzo guy, if you haven't realized. Lonzo has played really well this year. Um, I do you want to... Let's, let's you, talk a little bit about Rondo. We talk about the Lakers a lot, but... You want to talk about Rondo or no, Lonzo? Lonzo. Oh, Lonzo. Okay. I'm a big fan of Lonzo. He um he broke up with his baby mama the other day. It was a sad, sad Did you watch this on Ball and the Family? Yeah, it's also been kind of brewing for a long time because the the show is like three months behind what's actually happening right now. So, like, we kind of knew that it happened, but yeah. I don't know. Because we, He's, like, the fans the, of Ball and the Family. <laughs> the, the fans of, like, like, I don't know, basketball culture-ish? I don't know what you, what you call it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, what does that, like, what does that have to do with this game? I just wonder, you know, because we always see these people just as basketball players, and that's their only thing, but... I just wonder how much of a toll that like off court things take on people and players and, and I mean you um, got to imagine it does the same way anybody you know comes into a day job and their coworkers are like what's wrong and you're like uh you know I got in a fight with my husband or wife or whatever you know what I mean Yeah um, but then like that's what I'm saying like the rest of the day you just kind of feel like shit like I mean you remember that whole thing with uh like Kyrie and Kaylani Oh, God, that was a weird time. Um, yeah, that probably took a toll on him. I'm guessing you can't just get on the court. I mean, there are some players who have, like, a very special gift to just be able to, like, you know, block out everything when they 
step between the lines, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, um, but he he's been he's been doing all right. I wish he would do a little bit more out there on the court, but he he's good. I don't really want to say much more on it because we talk about the Lakers so often. Um, yeah, but the next topic to cover is just kind of I guess it kind of plays into the Lakers, but the weird um standings in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, and expectations not really being not met and not it's like it's it's weird because teams overproducing and teams underproducing. Miami is seven and eleven right now. It's it's really sad. We're we're worse than Brooklyn. Um, and Boston but, is Boston is two games ahead of Brooklyn. And Tied with Orlando. But the Western Conference is the weirder one, where in which the Memphis Grizzlies and the LA Clippers at the time of this recording are currently tied for first place, when most people would have expected them to be fighting for the A seed. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are two teams that kind of blew my mind. Another thing I thought was funny, uh, back when there was a point when Memphis was the actual leader in the standings and somebody, I just saw it on Twitter or something, was like, if they had stayed in Vancouver, both the best teams (laughs) in the NBA would be out of Toronto. I mean, out of Canada. Good point. I would have never, like, made that connection, but... um, yeah, Mark. What's going on with uh, Marcus Saul and, and Mike Conley down there? And in, in I, I mean, Just, I te- I called you about this the other day, but like, yeah. it baffles me how under talked about. Just kind of uh, everybody on that team, honestly, though. Yeah, Mike Conley, top ten point guard for like the past mm, six, mm, seven that's years. So that's a little far. Are you kidding? Dude, as he no, he's very solid. I'll give you top. Go 20. back and look at his stats for the past. He's like four. He's I have him on my fantasy team. He averages like fourteen and seven. Really? Because nope, he's he, averaging nope, twenty he's averaging and six. 20 and right six. Now. Whoops. So <laughs> at a time he averaged fourteen and seven. <laughs> that's like his career average. Yeah, but yeah. So I'm saying I wouldn't call that like necessarily top ten. I mean, all right, maybe me, not top ten, but there you, have been times name? in his career when he was. A top ten point guard, including right now. Can you name t- nine ten point guards that are better than him? I just googled it. Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, John Wall, Kyle Lowry, Damian Lillard, and then for some reason I have no idea. When you Google the top point guards, the next person on the list is Rajon Rondo. <laughs> Weird. And then Isaiah Thomas. All right, well then slot him into either of those positions. No, because then you have Kemba Walker and then apparently Tony Parker. Um, See, not not relevant anymore. No, but okay, so Kemba Walker, um, Drew Holiday. No, not over Mike Conley. Um, that there's a lot of good point guards now, dude, and. I'm talking more about like consistent over his career. Oh yeah, no, I agree. He just uh, it's been preached hundreds of times just Mike Conley um always been overshadowed and and kind of overlooked um by most just casual NBA fans not really seeing what he does mainly on the defensive end of the floor. Um I think that would be his best attribute is kind of he's always been he always works like he's not – you can always count on him to be there on that side of the, the floor. Yeah, and, he's a gamer. He he comes for the big games and he plays hard. And remember when Marcus Saul like just low-key won defensive player of the year just that one time? That's another guy. It's like – I mean that was the guy I called you about. But it like it, how long has Marcus Saul just been balling out in, just- in that traditional center role? He's having a better statistical season this year than he's had his entire career. Seventeen and ten, four assists. I mean, that's like a top top center, and nobody talks about Marcus All. So theoretically, he gets talked about less than Pau Gasol, and Pau Gasol is. Mm, I don't think I've heard anyone besides you talk about Pau Gasol in the past three years. Do you talk about Marcus All? Well, I have him on my fantasy team, so I, I like, I, this is gonna sound weird, but like I think about Marcus Hall. I think about him. <laughs> it, it sounded really weird. I know. <laughs> um, 
Oh god, the picture that Pau Gasol has on NBA.com is very terrifying. He's a terrifying go take, guy. Go take a quick look at it. It's not a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like really disgusted. Alright, um, let's get back to the point. Yeah, the Grizzlies just, are top of the conference, top of the Western Conference. Well, well I mean, they they kind of just like the thing. If you look at their just their their entire team, they just have a lot of guys. You know, they picked up Kyle Anderson over the summer. Um, for some reason, somehow Omri Caspi ended up on this team. I Omri don't remember Caspi's that ever happening. Still in the league. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dillon Dillon Brooks, but he got injured. Um, Marshawn Brooks as well, obviously. Hey, I always had a soft spot for Marshawn Brooks. Yeah, we all I always did. thought he was going to be way better than he was. Yeah, he he would just like put up twenty nine points like once a season. Yeah, and then you'd be like, "Holy shit, this guy's incredible!" And then he would. <laughs> oh, it's Marshawn Brooks, and then he'd go play in China for three years. Yeah, and wouldn't live um, up to it. But like the rest of the guys, Mar- uh, Jamichael Green, Jaron Jackson, Shelvin Mack, um, overpaid Chandler Parsons. Wayne Selden, Garrett Temple. Those are all just like defenders. Those are just guys. Yeah, who they're kind of like middle of the, the road f- players. You could see those guys on any team. Yeah, and you know that when they go out on the court, they could be on the Lakers. You could put Kyle Anderson on the Lakers, and you know he would be the you know the most hardworking guy on that court. You know. Yeah. So they just and I mean, they like if, if we bring it back to the Celtics, it's like you know those are guys who. Just play hard. They're not star players, but they play incredibly you hard. In this, guys. you know, um, <laughs> that's not what the Celtics have right now. They have a bunch of guys who see themselves as stars. Yeah, but then the the one that surprised me is <clears throat> I didn't think I would say this again post last year, but the best team in LA is currently the Clippers. Yeah, well, I mean, I really didn't. I'm surprised with how well the Lakers are playing, um, but even more surprised with how well the Clippers are playing. I watched. So I mean, who's your about... star player? Like Tobias Harris. Yes, Tobias and Milos Teodosic and no, Lou Will. That's your star. Pl- your sixth man is your star player. He's not their sixth man anymore. I don't. I don't think. No, least. Tobias Harris is averaging twenty and eight. That's a. That's a star. Okay, player. fine. Like that's like a low key. You haven't. I swear, you have not seen one tweet about Tobias Harris all year. Yeah, and he's been balling out. What is he? Just twenty six, dude. Yeah, and he, um, one of the top players to ever come out of the University of Tennessee. I, I would. I would say. Um, just like his entire, I don't, I don't know how this happens to guys, but like, where was he? He was before, um, he was in Detroit, wasn't he? He started out in Milwaukee for two years, but then he went to Orlando. That's when I started to notice him. I had him on my yeah. fantasy team. Well, that's when he kind of became more known as like, yeah, he was like a, star, a he was like, like a, a, like an 18 point per game guy. Yeah. And then he went to Detroit where, you know, obviously careers go to die. Um, that's not entirely true, man. Kind of, though. Like, once you go to Detroit, you don't really come out of it ever. So you think Blake Griffin's career's going to die? I don't think he'll... I mean, he's killing it right now, but I don't 25 think 25 like, and 10? You think he's going to fucking die? But, you, okay, well, let's put it this way. You're just saying that because they're always a below-average team. That's fair. I just never... I don't... I'm never a big fan of Detroit players. Um... But can we talk about one guy in particular? What's up? Montrez Harrell. Yeah. What about him? So when they had that game that started the whole Warriors beef and the one that was in Los Angeles, um, they were playing the Clippers and it went to overtime, that whole thing, remember? Yeah. Yeah. So I was sitting there watching that game with my friend Hudson, um, and he we watched Montrez Harrell play run six possessions where he got five offensive rebounds, four putbacks, drew like four f- or three fouls, and on the other end of the court he blocked like three shots. This is all in the span of like six minutes. But it was like he came out of the game with like a plus eighteen in like four minutes. And just one of the last few dudes who you just like just Animal just hustles and just he reminds me a lot sprints. of uh, early Kenneth Fareed. I was gonna say that, and that might just be the hair, but 
it yeah, they do look very similar. They're like the exact same player, but But look at um, this stat. He's six eight with a seven four wingspan. And dude, he's like athletic. I would love to see what his like forty meter sprint is. Um But just that's a guy any team could use at any time. He's only twenty four. Yeah, just like I don't think he gets talked about enough, but he's one of those like what we were talking about with Jason Tatum, a master of none. Master of none. He kind of just plays, you know. He just like it's so weird because when he played that game against um, against the whatever the the Warriors. Sorry about that. Um, He ended the game with I can't I don't have it right in front of me, but like he ended the game with like just 20 points that were all probably, like, just put-back layups. Like, 11 rebounds. I mean, yeah, like, listen to this. these last three games. 25 and 11, 20 and 9, yeah. 22 and 11. Like, credit in the all the credit to Doc Rivers for creating that, t- you know, style of player out of 25 minutes per game out of Montrez Harrell. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that is, It's you know, the idea mastery. of, like, work with what you got, you know? Yeah. And that there's just not enough of that currently. In there's the not enough player development. I think. I agree. I think you it's like you come. Yeah, you you're in the top ten in the draft, and you, or you're just done. You know. Yeah, um, and you just don't really. That's the thing about like like little late first round guys. You know, like when people when teams trade for late first round picks, and everyone's like. Oh, it's a first round pick, maybe, but then they don't give these guys a chance. Yeah, you know they. It's ride like they the sit on the, the bench, bench, and then, and then they, they get, get cut. thrown into a trade package, or they, they get, get thrown cut. into a yeah. trade package, and then they don't get re-signed, and then they go play in China, and it's like, why? Yeah, like Montrez Harrell just. When you could not, really, yeah. if you took the time for player development, you could really, you know, you get know, somebody young and athletic and well rounded out of. Out of somebody that you were just going to drop. I mean, he was a yeah. second round, you know, 32nd pick. Exactly. And that just, I love Montrez Harrell. We should at some point do like a whole podcast that's just like on underrated Montrez players. <laughs> <laughs> just on Montrez Harrell. Um, yeah, we should. But, but just like so an many. all underrated like we team. We couldn't even cover it in an hour. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, like an all underrated team. Like first team, second team, third team. Yeah, I feel that. We could each come up with, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, love Montrez Harrell, love the Clippers, love what they're doing. Uh, love Shea Gilgis Gilgis Alexander. I think he weighs like six pounds, but, um. I'm glad that, um, Avery Bradley still has. Oh, I forgot he was on that team. He still's got a. Like a contribution. A career going, yeah. Um, because I always loved him on the Celtics. Um, I was sad when he got traded, but. I'm glad it's that he's so still weird out there. When you look around this team, it's like, oh, Patrick Beverly's here. Oh. I always, I mean, Patrick Beverly has been a nuisance in the NBA for. No, I know, but like, you just don't realize forever. that these guys are just all on this team. It's yeah. like, oh, there's Martian Gortat, like, you know, oh, Mike there's Mike Scott. That's where he went, and then you look, and suddenly Mike Scott is averaging. Five points and three rebounds, and it's like I thought that dude left the league. <laughs> Suddenly, he's balling out. No, but he's still at least con- con- uh, contributing to yeah, yeah, yeah. a good team. Um, I don't know. It's just like a it's just a group of like guys who other teams didn't want that just happened to like work really well together. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk a little, bit, a little bit about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the current Cleveland Cavaliers. Two wins in a row. Biggest um, achievement of the year. Against two of the best teams in the NBA. Philadelphia 76ers I, and then who they beat yesterday? Um, the, the... Why am I drawing a blank on this? I just looked it up. Yeah, you just... <laughs> oh, the Rockets, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking Rockets. right at it. Um, um, yeah, yeah, big I, games out of Colin Sexton. What do you think about that? You weren't really big on him when we talked about him last. Well, I mean, I wasn't not big on him. I wasn't big on the fact that all the veterans were ripping on him. Yeah, um, that was a big storyline was that nobody really trusted him to lead that team or to be even it's a, really, a... It's weird because I wonder, like, who that must have been because if you look at their team and it's like 
I don't think Channing Fry would be a dick like that. I don't think. I don't. I think, think it was probably Jr. A little bit. He's is he even on the roster anymore? No, no, he's not, he, he's, he's done. Um, he's probably a little bit done. of Tristan Thompson, if I had to guess. I so so it's probably Tristan Thompson and Jordan Clarkson and probably George Hill too. But like. Pal Corver, Kevin Love, Larry Nance, those are all nice guys. They wouldn't throw them under the bus like that. I mean, first of all, we know nothing about these people in real life, but yeah, their yeah, their fair. persona is nicer. I think one of the funniest things was like when they started out like um what's their record right now? I can't four and fourteen. <laughs> four and fourteen, yeah. So when they started out like one and eleven, and then Kevin Love was like, Ah, I injured my thumb. I might as well sit out for like four months. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's, he's just like he's like I just don't want to be a part get of me this. Out of here. Yeah, uh, my thumb just hurts. It's I'm gonna be done for the season. <laughs> Let's touch on that. What What do you think the future is for Kevin Love? Because so he signed long. Why don't you tell me um, or tell the listeners your uh, the reason or tell them a little bit about your playlists on Spotify. <laughs> Yeah, so I have these playlists on on Spotify in which I group different styles of music into um, playlists named after NBA players. Like one of them is Russell Westbrook, where it's just very like aggressive trap music. So it all like have, has to do with the characteristics of the player. Yeah, it has to do. With, yeah, so Russell Westbrook, you know, is like really aggressive and and like um, just kind of just boom bap type trap rap music, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then I got my Paul Pierce, which is like my most technically proficient songs, you know, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard <laughs> playlist to get proficient. into. I think that's a good word. Yeah. 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 The so production's like, it's, good. Yeah. It's, it's a hard playlist to get into, you know, it's very exclusive. Um, but then I had this other playlist, which is called Kevin love. And why is it called Kevin love? It's called Kevin love. I'll read you the description because I, I personally oh, you like wrote laugh. a description for it. Yeah. Cause, and I laugh at it at least like once a week. All right. Because it's, like, really funny. But basically, the premise behind it is, it's a bunch of songs. Yeah, here it is. Um, great songs that don't, great songs just don't really fit in anywhere. Wannabe Paul Pierce's. <laughs> um, so the whole idea is, it's a bunch of songs that don't really fit into my Paul, Pier- Paul Pierce or um, a Russell Westbrook playlist. Like, they're just really good, but they don't really they fit don't into fit. modern. In- yeah, they don't fit. They're just not. Nobody really. No playlist wants them. Is that um, how you feel about? Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Um, I love Kevin Love, but I just don't feel like he. No one's gonna be like, "That's my guy. That's the guy we need to get. He's gonna take us over the top." Um, no, I just don't see that happening for him. But I guess that's why he signed long term in Cleveland because he knew he couldn't really. Um, get really money anywhere else. Uh, so you you said he signed long term. How long term are we talking? I think it was four years. Back when I was correct. Let, uh, this how many years season. left? He this off season. So you think? It. What do you think he's gonna do? You think he's, he's just gonna play? Gonna chill. He's gonna take his money and he's gonna play basketball and he's gonna get as many shots as he can. You don't think Kevin loves somebody who would put up a fight? No, no, Kevin Love is like the, the sweetest guy. I in the very world. much agree with you. I think he's totally fine, just kind of playing basketball. He'll just he'll shoot his threes and he'll you know post up every once in a while and he'll laugh and he'll joke and he'll make his money. I don't. I don't. He won his championship. He doesn't. I don't. He's content to just kind of be there now. So why is a guy like J.R. Smith so bitchy? Yeah. Um. I don't I don't know. I don't really know what's up with JR. Like I told you, if you if you don't already go follow or uh, follow JR on Twitter, you should. Great follow. But um Yeah, I don't know why he's being a dick so much. I think the whole NBA finals thing probably weared off on him in the wrong way. Wore um, off on him? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd just say that he probably wants to – he knows that his career is coming to an end, and so he wants to either win a ring or kind of do something. I don't really think he cares about the game of basketball. I, I don't know. The fucked up thing is was he, he was quoted talking about how he didn't want to be bought out because 
He's like, oh, I don't want to do that to the city of Cleveland. I put in so much work here, blah, blah, blah. Bitch, no, you haven't. Um, regardless you spent of, four years shooting threes. Right, but I'm saying regardless of, like, you know, what, how much he actually did in Cleveland, um, acting the way he's acting doesn't really change it. Um, yeah, I don't see any team being like, you know what? Now I want J.R. Smith. If you wanted, you know, Cleveland to respect you, you would just play until they got rid of you. You wouldn't just leave the team. Yeah, you, that shit it's is not so the best bitch to, be. to me to just like leave a team in the middle of the season and be like, I'm gonna wait until I get a better. Yeah, it seems kind of counterproductive to be like, hey, you know, I'm really for Cleveland and I want to support Cleveland, so let me just not play. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem like the smart a little bit a little bit of an oversight there by JR, but um, when has he been known to not oversight things? A yeah. la last year's finals. Um I don't know. You know what? Like speaking on Cleveland though, again, I don't we talk about like just irrelevant things way too much, but I think it's some fun. teams That's should the point of this podcast. We should trade some teams should trade for like a Kyle Corver. Or like like a Kyle Korver or a anyone but Jordan Clarkson because that dude is just um, but what's, what's your problem with Jordan Clarkson? Did you see his neck tattoos? No. God, he got this neck tattoo over the summer, and I swear, it just looks so dumb. <laughs> Go Google a picture of it. Wow, the Hawks have lost 10 straight games. Oh, I... Remember when they won like sixty straight games? Or not yeah. not straight, not straight. It really sucks. Or it's just kinda crazy that in our lifetimes we've seen these like storied franchises <laughs> be completely turned around. Yeah. No, remember when oh gosh, remember when D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson were like a big part of the Lakers franchise? <laughs> yeah, I mean even go like think back to the, the Atlanta Hawks of Joe Johnson. Um, oh god. Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague, Joe Johnson. Al Horford. Al Horford, Mike Bibby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, you know, now they're the worst that was like the seen as Yeah, that was like seen as such a normal team. Like, they weren't going to go away for a while. Um, Just shows how old we are. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing this for a while, you know. Um, I do want to look at really quickly, I'm probably, hopefully... Just thinking about it, in 2008, which was 10 years ago, right? Yep. Most valuable player, Kobe Bryant. Rookie of the year was Kevin Durant. Ah, oh, the good old days, before he was terrible. Defensive, <laughs> player, of the, defensive player of the year, Kevin Garnett. Um, sixth man of the year, Monte Ginobili. Most improved player, Hidu Turkoglu. Wow, Coach of the I remember year, that name. Coach of the year, Byron Scott. Um, executive of the year was Danny Ainge, and sportsmanship award was Grant Hill. Wow, Grant Hill, man. Oh, this is another thing. This is one of the funniest things of the past 10 years was, do you remember when, um, was it, it was, it was Chris Paul and Darren Williams was a debate for the best point guard in the NBA. Chris Paul and Darren Williams? Don't you remember this? That was like the big thing of like 2008. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I do remember that. When everyone Man, was Darren like, Darren Williams, Williams just kind of <laughs> he just fell, fell off. off. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was playing for Cleveland last year. <laughs> yeah, he played bench minutes for Cleveland last year at the age of like 34, I think. And now he's out of the league. Yeah, I don't. I'm pretty sure he's not playing for anyone. I think he still gets paid by Cleveland. Yeah, he's 34 right now. Wow, go me. Um, but I believe he's out of the league at this point. But, wow, that's yeah, just, really interesting. Um, oh, we should talk about this. What is it? <laughs> Have you happened to Google the words Dwight Howard on Twitter? Like, oh, we recently? shouldn't talk about that, honestly. We shouldn't? We should, no, we should it's, it's, it's too touchy of a subject. Okay, let's not talk about that, but let's talk about whether or not that, like... Is is something like that going to play a role in Dwight Howard continuing his career in the NBA? No, man. And if it did, I would be very ashamed of... No, I mean, I agree. I'm just saying that, do you think that, I don't know, that with his on-court 
you know, issues, um, you know, how he fits into the modern NBA. Do you think that teams might use that as a, um, not, you know, they wouldn't say it explicitly, but kind of use that. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, he might get looked at differently by teams. Um, but I would really hope that that wouldn't affect whether or not, um, I mean, the bad side of it, and I, I, I don't want to even talk about it, but I encourage if people are listening to just go look it up. Um, there's some bad sides on his part that, you know, could make you wary as a team Yeah, of wanting to sign him. But I don't know. It was, it was funny because it was like a lot of people were thinking, you know, it's kind of nice. Dwight Howard has kind of shut his mouth. Um, He's just kind of playing and playing and weird. Washington and you know they're not winning but he's not making headlines for anything and then you know and this isn't even his headline so um yeah I I hope he gets that worked out I don't think it was handled the correct way yeah I agree um just jumping back into it do you remember a guy by the name of Danny Granger (laughs) yeah what the fuck happened to Danny Granger there's just so many guys in the NBA that you just look back and you're like what happened yeah. Brandon Roy, obviously that was injuries, but um, um Oh who was another it wasn't Brandon. Um Who's the uh Ben Wallace? No, he was he was for the Bulls. Oh Ben uh oh god Ben Gordon Ben Gordon, Gordon and Ben Oh god Ben Gordon um Antoine Jameson. He was yeah. really old though. Amari um, Stoudemire. Luis Scola. Yep. Just a lot of guys. There's just the NBA is ruthless in their you know It's not even that, dude. It's just like there's a draft every year and people get older and they become less, you know, important to teams and it's all about youth these days. Yeah. Uh, youth and athleticism and that's how, you know, the league works now. Um Yeah, and we just see so many more draft classes that are just like deeper than the ones before it. Um you know, like the Donovan Mitchell draft, like that's a really deep one, and and you get players that come out of it at the at the thirteen spot that, you know, um, that are franchise changing players. Yeah. Sorry, um, to wrap this something. up, you're fine. To wrap this up, I just want to do like a quick like one minute on each team, just kind of going down the list. Maybe even thirty seconds, maybe ten seconds. Toronto is still doing really killing well. it. Milwaukee. You know, I was worried that they were going to change, but no, they're still killing it. Still killing it. Milwaukee, um, slowly chugging well. away. Giannis Philadelphia. still an MVP. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia has been a little up, up and down lately. Um, up and down. They're um, in their last ten. They're seven and three. So hopefully, but that's I mean good. lately, as in the like last two weeks. Yeah. Um, but Jimmy he, Butler seems like he's fitting in for the most part. I agree. Allen Iverson had some nice praise for him. Um, yeah. saying that like the they have their big three now, so that's something that to look forward cool to. to I think yeah. the, I think these playoffs are gonna be some of the best we've seen in the They're while. gonna be fun and I think I mean I, I still think Golden State's gonna win, but I think the the team yeah. that faces off against them is gonna be kind of surprising. Um and then down the list, we'll just keep it short again. Detroit, somewhat surprising. Good. They're surprising. Indiana, um, I think they worse should be playing a little better. Yep, yeah. My, Miles Turner is really disappointing me. Yeah, um, Oladipo still playing well though, but the namesake. Um, Charlotte, nine and nine. Get Kemba Walker out of there. Tank that team. Yeah. Um, it's not really anything different than what I expected. Um, Orlando, surprising. Yeah. Um, 10 and 10, tied with the Celtics. Which, yeah, I don't even want to talk about the Celtics. It makes me sad. Brooklyn. Even though we spent um, a lot of time talking about them. I know. Brooklyn, disappointing. Actually, no, wait, what? No, Brooklyn is, it's, it's well, disappointing. Like ninth place. Yeah, it's disappointing that they had their injuries because I was hoping they could do a little better. Miami, just mm, don't start. (laughs) 
Uh, and then Washington, New York, Chicago, Cleveland, and Atlanta. The biggest surprise of all that is Washington. What's weird is that Going if from you a look, top four team in the East to so, not even yeah, close. If you go back like three to four years, right? Yeah. You could, I think, honestly, oh, I mean, maybe not Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. So if if you go to the bottom of the Eastern Conference and you read upwards, I'm pretty sure that was like almost the the standings of like four years ago. Yeah. Atlanta was number one and then Cleveland and Chicago was somewhere around there. New York was kind of good. Washington used to be good. Miami was bottom seed, but the rest yeah, of the That's how teams this league goes. Were, it's just like yeah, they just flip. You know, for all the stock we put into analysts and, you know, predictions Metrics, and all that shit, it's yeah. like you can't predict what's going to happen in a 48-minute basketball game. Exactly. Or in 82 game season because Yeah, I mean, injuries change. can literally change anything. Um Players who, you know, were predicted to have players, smaller attitudes. roles can have bigger roles, and players who were predicted to have bigger roles can have smaller roles. You never mm-hmm. know what's going on inside these players' heads and what they're capable of until you actually see it. So, Yeah. Well, I think that that's a good place to end it for this week. Um, I don't really, you know, think that there was much that we could have else t- touched on. We touched on a lot of stuff today, so... Yeah, we'll just leave it with um, Joakim Noah just agreed to sign <laughs> with the Memphis Grizzlies. Which means so, that they are a nice little sure, piece for them. For sure going to drop out of the top of the league. <laughs> I um, don't know. I still have faith watch in him come back and rebounding like, ability. Like all, you know, he comes to be all defensive player. Him He's and Marcus Saul are just stifling. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see what happens on next week. Um, we'll keep you posted on the the uh, the, the career of Joakim Noah and Ron Baker. And Again, follow us at uh, Bickering Basketball on SoundCloud. At, on SoundCloud, email us at Bickering Basketball Brothers. I don't think anyone emailed us, so I don't have to Venmo anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you email us, I will literally Venmo you a dollar. Just, just because we like to read emails. <laughs> just because I want one email, because there's only one email, and it says it's from the iTunes store telling us that our show got approved. Um, <laughs> very really cool. So, yes, please um, send us an email. Follow us on Twitter, milesthompson24, and, and you, that's are it. Always, you are always way off on your timing. And you Ben's used... been dead. <laughs> there it is. If I, they've we... heard this podcast, they know where to follow us. Yep. We love and appreciate anybody who listens to this. Um, and, and have yeah, a good have week. A, we, and we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here we go.